what a man he was. I can see him now in his war chariot, lashing his horses toward the enemy, his skin stained blue, the hair of his wolfskin tunic fluttering in the breeze, his great mustachios streaming out behind, his wolf head helmet clamped low above his brow. Never forget, my son, that the blood of this proud barbarian flows in your veins. I am a barbarian, Edgar Rice Burroughs. Hello, and welcome to another riveting episode of Rogues in the House. I am your host, Alex. With us is Matthew and Logan, and we are speaking tonight on the topic of barbarians. Barbarian, what are the flowers for? <laughs> to fall, girl! A girl! <laughs> All right. Except we're not really talking about, well, of course we're going to talk about sword and sorcery and heroic fantasy barbarians, but uh, we're going to take a dodgy dive into uh, a little bit of historical um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. historical depths of true life barbarians and what so, that means and where it's For from. the absolute record, this is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying it here on, online now. This is a bad idea. This is a bad topic, and we shouldn't have done it. <laughs> I agree. I agree, and we're going to move it into your it. Because, idea, Matt. Uh, hey, listen. I didn't say I was good at this. I was it just, was his idea, but it I was a bad idea. Ideas. Yeah, yeah, it was a bad idea. Well, listen. They can't all be good ideas, but our yeah. listenership is probably filled with very scholarly types on this topic, and so what we're hoping to do is uh, just kind of give a bit of context uh, about what the term barbarian means and where it comes from and to whom it relates. Um, And we hope to actually not get things totally wrong without doing a deep dive, if that makes sense. And then, of course, we're going to try and anchor it uh, to root it um, to sword and sorcery barbarians and the characters and I don't know just kind of look at the if you were going to break down a character class in a game and you really wanted to cover all angles I guess that's kind of what we're doing yeah yeah I think so something yeah. like that um, but uh, before all that does anyone have anything for Bizarre of the Bizarre that they want to shout out real quick of course we do who wants to shout first Alex, go for it. All right. My Bizarre the Bizarre this time around just came out, Season 3 of Norsemen. If you have not watched this show, do yourself the favor. They're not very long episodes. They're 30-minute episodes. There's only three seasons, and there's, like, I think six episodes in a season. The show gets me. It has that weird, offbeat humor. It's basically very appropriate for this um, for this uh, discussion anyway. A... Uh, comedic approach to the Viking Age. Uh, They're still doing all the things that Vikings uh, are known for, but somehow they twist it into some sort of uh, satirical humor. Um, And, I don't know, I love it, man. It's good. Season 3 is uh, actually a chronological prequel, meaning that it is the events that happen that lead up to Season 1 and 2. Yeah, it's kind of a weird, weird choice. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was, it's really, really funny. Uh, I won't spoil anything by saying this. Uh, the, the, the main bad guy, 
Um, you find out why he uh, essentially turns bad, um, and it's a relatable reason. Uh, male pattern baldness. <laughs> he lost some hair. Uh, somebody commented on it, and uh, you do what you do when you commented on your hair. You 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 burn people down. You know you got to do it, and you, you you take your clan to war. Well, listen. One of the things we're going to bring up on the show is the uh, the Viking fascination with combs, right? The yes, idea that they will. were very they were very thorough groomers, you know, and it was a it was a big important part. Yep. Um. So that's actually that sounds like a fairly on brand uh, hook uh, yeah. used to comedic effect. It's like the Kirby enthusiasm of the Viking Age. It, have you guys watched it at all? Have you seen it? No, I have not. No, I've not, and I've had a few people recommend it to me enough that I'm probably just going to have to do that, I suppose. It is it is really good, and like I said, it's it's short, so it's not a big investment. Um, it's, funny. It's, it's funny as hell. I, I, I love it. It's one of those shows that when I knew in the season, the, the new episodes were coming, and it jumped the queue from, like, it jumped the queue for me, and I just watched all six of them, you know, sitting down one or two days, something like that. Um, but like it, it gets that kind of priority for me. I hope they keep making. Mm. Sweet, good to know. Yeah. All right, Matt. Yeah, you so, got so sweet. Um, I don't really have um anything that has really captured my attention. I'm kind of drifting between a few different books, not committing, reading some short stories. Um, for me, I'm going to very vainly just talk about things that i've been up to sure um recently uh i've sent off some of my shorts to a to an editor um ed brown actually his name is is when you read it it's like Wine brown but i guess yeah, that's yeah. like the you know who i'm talking about Facebook. yeah yeah and we were we were all in the or the three of us were in uh death stings together yeah we all had stories in there. But I think that's the Anglo-Saxon way to say Edwin, anyways. Sure, sure, that makes for sense. For his record. Maybe I'm butchering his name, I don't know. Maybe he'll tell me. <laughs> so I just decided, finally, I have a small gap of time where I'm not writing uh, a terrible amount of stuff for Monolith or other paid projects. So I've decided to devote my time and get real about putting together this collection. So that's been fun, going back through old stories, realizing that they're SHIT. <laughs> trying to tidy them up before I send them to an editor so they're not embarrassing. Oh no, I'm sure they're great. Well, they're I mean they're good enough that they were published elsewhere, but yeah, you know, it's yeah. just hard when you when you look on it with I don't know. I just feel like writing is a constantly evolving process and you're always going to scrutinize your old stuff. Um that so I don't it, read it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah hard, does man. anyone ever look at their stuff and feel like it's good? I feel like that never happens. Yeah, I do. Yeah. but but that's, like that's always the exception well no because i know when it's bad too right like there's things uh-huh. i i churn out that i'm like yeah that was good but most of the time i spend beating myself up until i feel like it's better which is you know everyone has their own process yeah, yeah. um and, and i know and, I'm not and yours good. is self-loathing loathing yeah, yeah well it's just it's a process and i i you know the whole thing of getting better is a um it's an array it's going to take time and you know, it's a journey, so you have to deal with the fact that you're not going to be great at it the whole time to get yep. to get good. Yep, sure. Um, last thing I'll say is I recently had an article published on uh, through Grimdark Magazine called Conan the Destroyed, which was a very clickbaity title. Mm. Um, I just 
I had read too many times online the discourse about the Conan movies, and I had had something brewing in my head for a long time. I wanted to commit to paper or text. And so uh, that went out, and the reception was really good. A lot of people seemed to like it. So if you've not I checked out... I saw that uh, their, their viewership spiked a little bit. Is that correct? Well, I don't... No, I just... I think that probably because I shared it in so many channels... Ah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like you know, a lot of people clicked things. on it. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I would say the, the Conan community is pretty... Uh, it's like big niche, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not massive but uh and and the reason i wanted to write that article is because there's just so many thoughts like if you look in any howard group the ones that get the most engagement are ones concerning movies and you know who should play conan and all that so i'm not surprised a lot of people um clicked on it to read it i was surprised that people dug it and i didn't get a ton of friction (laughs) i was expecting people to be like no you're wrong (laughs) <laughs> so that didn't happen so that's fun good good yeah that's really what i've been up to not much else nice um well i guess i'll go last here um i suppose if there's any fantasy thing that i'm just as nerdy about as conan it's the elder scrolls series yay uh, yeah i played all of the games even the first one um even Battlespire, and uh the second one, actually, I really like Daggerfall. Um, Daggerfall is a huge, huge <clears throat> game that came out in, like, 1990 or something like that. Logan just hit puberty on, on, yeah, on air. Did you hear that? Yeah. He dagger oh. fell into puberty. All right. So <laughs> uh, but there's this big, uh, like, community modding project called Daggerfall Unity, and it's um, putting, it, putting the game in a newer engine. Um, it still looks more or less the same with a little bit of, like, updated high-resolution stuff and some other options, like, to make dungeons shorter, because, like, Daggerfall's dungeon layout is uh, notoriously, like, labyrinthine, because um, it's, like, a bunch of randomly generated modules stuck together. Um, but uh, it went into alpha, and you can play the entire uh, storyline from start to finish, which is pretty exciting to me. Um because it is a uh, long and complicated game. So, do you know what engine it is? Like, is it is it like Unreal Engine or no, is it it's like called Skyrim? Unity. Oh, okay, it's called yeah. Unity. That's the yeah. name of the engine. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Which I believe Unity is the engine that a lot of crappy Steam games use. Yeah. Like, it's just a, like a like a free uh, tool set, and they basically drop the code in and try and get it to work. I think. I'm not a modder. Um, I have trouble modding my own games. Oh, yeah. I can't. Listen. Forget that. <laughs> is, is, Daggerfall, is Daggerfall the first Elder Scrolls game? Second. 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 What was the first Arena. one? Arena is the Arena. first one. Really? I don't even think I've ever heard that name. Uh, I've just lost my cred. Uh, I will add this to the Elder Scrolls conversation. Sure. Uh, my four-year-old, um, he... He's just at the point where he's obsessive about it. He doesn't want to be a kid, and he wants to be an adult and do adult stuff. Yeah. And so he hates playing kid games. You know, most of the games I have are violent as hell. So <laughs> I can't. Do you turn all? Well, maybe. But it's anyways, <laughs> he, uh, he's been big into Skyrim. Good. And, like, he Good can't read yet because he's four. Um, yeah. But, you know, he knows his letters. 
And the way this kid can navigate the menus and just figure everything out, like based on memory and rote, is like mind blowing. Huh. Like the odd time he'll have to ask me something, but like I I I am my mind is blown how well he navigates that game and does not need help. Now he's not going in and fulfilling quests every time, but sure. <laughs> it's staggering. Yeah, it's it is kind of impressive. I remember um getting my daughter to play Diablo mm-hmm. around like maybe six or so. Yeah. And same thing. Like I mean, you know, there's some there's some memory and some understanding that has to happen to be able to just upgrade your inventory and all that stuff and just sort of yeah. get where you need to go. Yeah. Uh, menu menu wise. So yeah, it's kinda of funny to watch them learn like that. And to uh, be fair, it's somewhat a testament. Yeah. Kill the demons. Yep. It's uh, somewhat a testament to the game designers too for making things super intuitive. But I was going to say that. Yeah. I mean, there's just the sheer amount of menus that are going on in Skyrim is like I don't know for a four year old, it's kind of mind blowing. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good story. Yeah, yeah. It's it's certainly blowing my hair back. And and here my school is getting ready for online remote learning, and they're like, oh, "Are the kids going to be able to sign in to Google Classroom?" <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, Matt's four-year-old's playing Skyrim. <laughs> well, if Google Wait. Classroom was as fun as Skyrim, <laughs> yeah. Every time I come in, it's every time I come into the room, it's you have been charged with crimes against Skyrim. <laughs> or wait, I knew you. <laughs> he's pickpocketing like, everyone and going to jail and then trying to break his way it's, it's hilarious, it's an ongoing cycle yeah, so online school, Logan, alright yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I actually, so my city has a um, it's called the e-campus where it's all online and they hired a bunch of teachers to do it and I thought about it because uh, I actually really like the online model of teaching Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they also wouldn't guarantee you a spot back at your school when COVID ended. What? Yeah. So. What? That's, That's just, dirty. Yeah. Move past yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll, leave, we'll leave that one there. Yeah. Hey, that might have been our anyway. fastest uh, Bizarre of the Bizarre ever. Yeah. We just burned I mean, through that. We have a lot of stuff that we could talk about in this. In, in our, we actually have show notes this time. Uh, usually we wing it, uh, but we have a lot of stuff we could talk about. So when we first started, we were good about notes. We were, That's we, true. We were really good about that. That's when we our shows were good. So, we got so good we didn't need them. <laughs> but for this one, where there's like reality involved. Uh, Vote on Facebook. Have we gotten better or worse? Don't vote. <laughs> give, give us give us the context here, Logan. What so, are you um, I guess the first question is, what is a barbarian? Do you have your own personal definition of what you would think of as a barbarian? What does that mean to you? Bar, 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 bar. Yeah. <laughs> of course, so, that's not it. It's, a personal it's, definition? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of something funny. I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> I mean, typically, like when we think about it, we like to me the first image that comes up is uh, the Marvel comic book Conan from like the seventies, and yeah. then Arnold Schwarzenegger a close second. So, like shirtless loincloth, horns on their helmet, mm-hmm. probably an axe. Yeah. Although Conan is a sword. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is that classic. 
picturesque barbarian, right? Probably wearing the old fur diaper to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, battle axe in hand, uh, like you said, horns. Um, but, I mean, I think from a non-cartoony uh, aspect, perhaps, my de- definition would really just be from, like, barbarian is always defined from the point of the civilized. Mm-hmm. Right? It's always the, the civilized accuse. it's uh, in some ways like accusatory of, un- they're, they're uncivilized, so they're barbarians. Right? Yeah, like, that's definitely. Approach. So I think it's, um, it's a weird definition that's based on point of view. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I would just... The other I would definition just, that I had written down, so... Yeah, and I think that's, uh, yeah, when we're talking about the historic context, um, that's an important part, but I would echo what you guys said as far as my first, the first time I encountered the term is when I was younger, and it was definitely either the movie or the comic, um, and it's really hard to shake those first impressions, right? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, from there, it sort of stepped off from being an RPG class um, for playing D&D. Right. So that's that's been with me uh, for quite a time, but I mean that's a testament too to the whole Marvel branding. Is like you know you pop that word in there, barbarian. Oh, he's a thing. He's a type. It's easier to sort of yep. uh, identify and nail down. Yeah. So um, I think Alex pointed out like it's um, a term that cultures use to kind of talk bad about another culture like they're not as good as us um now doing this research i hadn't i hadn't learned this before um but our earliest uh use of the term is in mycenaean greek and uh it's just a a word that denotes you don't live in a state so it's not necessarily an insult, but later Greeks and then the Romans really popularized it when they met the Celts. Um, so and, initially, and initially, it's like it's like the, the like the term gaijin, right, in, in Japanese, which I believe, if I'm probably butchering this too, but that basically just means foreigner, right? Yeah. But it sort of also has like maybe like maybe when it's used, it has a little bit of like a derogatory kind of uh, right. element to it, maybe. Yeah. Um, Greeks also used it uh, for all non-Greek speakers, including Egyptians and Persians, which we all know have, like, I mean, Egypt is Stygia in in Conan, like, that's a beacon of civilization in the fiction that we read, Mm -hmm. Uh, but the Greeks considered them barbarians because they didn't speak Greek. Right. Uh, So, um... We have a selection of barbarians we chose to analyze. Um, it is not comprehensive by any means. Um, and you can make arguments for a lot of different cultures being considered barbarians by other cultures. Uh, but we chose Celts, Vikings, and Mongols. Or Mongolians. I don't know if there's a yeah. easy way to say that. <laughs> well, and I think, too, the word barbarian has been used... Is a derogatory term for a lot of different people, and yeah. mostly rooted in xenophobia, right? Is is generally where that's coming from. It's like, yeah, right. you are the other, and you are the problem, and we need to fear you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not using it uh, so much today. It's kind of <laughs> use different words to 
make the masses fear the other. It's happening right now. Um, the difference is uh, we don't get cool D and D classes out of uh, out of modern day. Not yet. You got to wait about four hundred years. <laughs> That's right. You got to let yeah. the time pass. A little. It takes a while for a class to evolve. And actually, before we dig into it, I just want do. Did you guys play Second Ed? I don't. I know we've had this conversation before. Have yes. You played Second Ed D and D. So did you yes. used to have the complete book of Barbarians or the Barbarian Handbook, whichever one? Uh, I don't think I really have ever had that many like the side books when it came yeah. to Second Edition. Well, but in Second Ed, you had these like there was a series of they were soft cover, sort of brown, almost faux leather look, and you had like the complete book of elves and wizards yeah. and warriors and they were awesome um as supplements to second ed but i just i hadn't thought of this prior but i remember really liking the barbarian book and i'm thinking back now and i'm like i feel like they wouldn't title the book uh the complete book of barbarians today and then have the content in it that they that they did <laughs> you know what i mean where you break it all down under this barrier and in some ways we're we're kind of approaching it similarly in that we're taking that word and we're, we're looking at all the things that could or have fallen under that umbrella and sort of unpacking it. Sure. Yep. So yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know what point I'm making at this point. I'm just. Um, it's it's just interesting how how much that word has circulated, especially around sword and sorcery and heroic fantasy and and in RPGs. Um, so as much as this show probably was a bad idea for a topic, it definitely well only because of our. Our, our inability to truly do it justice. Oh yeah, not because it's a, my idea. No, it's a awesome. good topic for somebody else for sure. Broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some. We need some like real researchers on this. Yeah, this um, is the kind of this is the episode we should have had a guest on. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it, it's interesting too um, when you talk about like groups that may be part of that uh, barbarian umbrella. Mm-hmm. A lot of other, um, not a lot, but there are some subgroups that like the Vandals. For example, yeah. I don't even think we have them on their list, but like in the English language, their meaning has basically become something, right? Vandalism comes from vandalism. Oh yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and that, and I know that because I've seen that on the History Channel, so it has to be true. Yeah. Uh, it's like ancient aliens. So, so you know, from like that barbarian <laughs> point of view, they were they were like the badass of the badass right there because they get a word named after them, mm. and. I guess you have the Visigoths as well, but I don't think that being goth and Visigoth are exactly the same thing. I don't think that's it's quite my easy. favorite one. There's so many good goth memes. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite think that Visigoth and goth reference there. Yeah. So, so Logan, give us. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to dive into it, but we basically looked at uh, we had a snapshot as a, from a historic context of like which groups, um, cultures, and things like that we were looking for uh, that have come to sort of mean the word barbarian when we say it uh, as related to RPGs and sword and sorcery. Does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, well, other the mo- I guess you mentioned David Gimmel wrote uh, characters or that were vaguely reminiscent of Mongolians, but I haven't read David Gimmel. But yeah. we chose Celts and Vikings because they show up in like Howard and Burroughs and everything sword and sorcery. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Vikings and the Celt. Um, yeah. Yeah. That. That's sort of your more popular piece. But um, the Mongol sort of um, influence 
Yes, in Gemmel. I don't know if it's Gemmel or Gamel. I think it's Gemmel. Anyways, you see these words all the time, and then you don't say them out loud, and then you never know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, he had the Nadir, um, which were like step warriors, um, invaders. So I think, yeah, he, he was kind of channeling that. But so was that uh, the book series I brought up at another point, too. Yeah. Which is, oh, what is that goddamn series I called? Like, the Prince of Nothing. Prince, yeah. Prince of Nothing. The book is called um, The Darkness That Comes Before by R. Scott Baker. Um, yeah, definitely the, the sort of barbarians in that book are definitely influenced by... Uh, the Mongols a bit, but in the end, and so too is uh, George Martin's. His that's um, true. The the Dothraki. The Dothraki, yeah. But then, I mean, and that's that's where fantasists sort of come in, and they don't. You don't take just the one thing. You're influenced by different pieces. You put them together. You create a new. Thankfully, because you don't want to. I, I don't think you want the nail too too far on the head. No, no. Yeah. So I mean, to to answer that question in a long form. I would say, yeah, the Mongol, um, that, that's, that's definitely tied into our perceptions of barbarian in fantasy. Sure. Yeah. Side um, note, I want one of the, uh, like a horse bow to add to my bow collection. That's very archer of you. Yeah, I know. Just, you know, needed to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we didn't, we haven't mentioned that, uh, obviously in our fandom i suppose uh barbarian is not necessarily an insult but we kind of treat it the same way like you would a noble savage mm -hmm. um quote quote um that their qualities of independence and straightforwardness are more admirable than the qualities that are based in civilization i guess sure and even that term now is like uh, I remember in high school learning about the noble savage, um, you know, sort of archetype, mm -hmm. and it being a fairly uh, non-controversial uh, sort of approach. But even now, I wouldn't say the same is true necessarily. Whereas white author writing about a noble savage in his book is now a bit of a different, a bit of a different thing than than it was in maybe the '60s or '70s, right? Right. Or for our purposes, the 30s, which is um, fine. And I mean, even, but here's the other one, right? You've got the word barbarian is often used um, in the same context as you, you would use the word savage as a, as a noun, right? And that's a word, too. I remember I, I've heard for many years, I've had people, um, indigenous people saying that is not, that's a word they didn't want to hear. And then you have kids going around and they're using that word all the time as like a burn or like yeah. oh you're savage um which is you know there's connotations and there are aspects of that that are not going to sit well with a lot of people so right. sure um which you know i i understand as far as um we have to kind of update uh our thinking on it but also the usage of it right like if I were to use a word like that, it would be coming from a character who was um, deliberately trying to do harm, right? Right, yeah. And like, but, even when we read Howard um, and Conan refers to pigs as savages, that's how he's using it. Right, And but others would, would, and I don't know that they do explicitly, but you can imagine others from the more 
quote-unquote civilized kingdoms referring to Conan as the savage too, right? Exactly, yeah. And I mean, we still have a, we still have a comic published called The Savage Sword of Conan, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. True by enough. Marvel, who are the SJWs who uh, everyone hates. Um, so obviously there's like, there's ways that you can use the word in such a way that it's obviously not meant to, uh, you know, be derogatory. Right, right. Um, I think what's interesting, um, and you kind of touched on it, that I that I learned from doing and reading all this stuff to prepare for here, um, people are just people. Um, there's violence and art and song and brutality in literally every culture that I could think of um, as I sat and reflected about it. Um, and it really does kind of like hammer home that idea that um, it's from one one culture trying to show that they're better than another culture. Yeah, I, think. I mean that, mm-hmm. it's always what it boils down to. This word or any word, right? It, right. It's it, it's always a us or them idea. And yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> you're always sort of just grouping. Here's us. And here's the word we're going to use for these other guys. And mm-hmm. since they're less than us, we're going to use that word. You know, yeah. It's going to have negative connotation. That's right. The only but, difference, the, the big difference being that when someone calls me a Canadian angrily, I'm like, ah, oh, well, I mean, I guess I... <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even, but it's like, I've not felt a lot of harm due to my Canadian. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... First up on our list, I think, was Howard's favorite, um, the Celts. Mm. Uh, he writes about Celts a lot. Uh, Conan being like a proto-Celt. And uh, what is there? Uh, the Celts show up in uh, Bran McMorn. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, got, and also, you got your various Cormacs. Yeah, aren't there two or three? Two or three yeah. Cormacs? I can't keep track of all these Cormacs. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote I Am Barbarian um, about a Celt who was made a gladiator in the arena of um, Caligula, mm. which is uh, it's kind of a fun book. I'm not going to say it's historically accurate, um, but he tried for the time, so there's that. Um a lot of what we get from the Celts are like descriptions of the Celts come from Romans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they thought of them as violent. Um, they fought naked, reportedly. Uh, which shows up in uh, descriptions of Vikings, too. Uh, and uh, I think most importantly, at least for painting them the way we do, uh, they were not ever conquered by the Romans or the Saxons in, in Britain. Uh, now, Celts spread over Spain, France, um, and a couple other countries, too. But mm-hmm. in England, they were never conquered. So that's kind of, um, I don't know, that's pretty, it's pretty barbarian, if we look at it from a, a sword and sorcery perspective. Mm-hmm. The, the Sumerians were also never conquered um, by the Aquilonians. Though they tried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Uh, Which, I mean, you know, let's draw the obvious parallel right there, right? I mean, the Aquilonians, what you just said, it's literally history mm-hmm. right there, right? It's, right. Just a mirror, it's yeah. just literally a mirror of history. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I these are actually the group I know the least about. Um, I don't really care that much for European history. Um, I really like American history, so this was mostly new to me, uh, mm-hmm. even from an archaeological perspective. Well, Is that why you won't read the Archer's Tale that I keep trying to push on you? It's on the list, man. It's God on the list. Man. Like it's just read it already, the two of you. It's because it's called an Archer's Tale. No, but it's so like good. It's so good. Tale. So good. <laughs> he uses he uses a sword too. <laughs> no. <laughs> What's well, sort of uh, interesting? I just want to bring up now because obviously Conan has to factor into this a little. Um, was you know if if we're categorizing the Celts and then as a subtopic of the Celts, the Picts, um, not necessarily the way Howard used them, well, not in Conan, but he sort of did in, he did in Bram McMorrin. Anyways, his Picts are, that's a whole other topic. Um, the idea that if we're looking at them as, or we're thinking of them um, under this barbarian category uh, throughout history, I hear scholars often take uh, like Patrice Luanet always seems to get prickly about when Conan is referred to as Conan the Barbarian because Howard doesn't really Howard never put Conan the Barbarian to paper, right? That's right. Yeah, that's he, true. He, you know, he talked about Conan's wild nature, and the word barbarian was certainly in the text. And honestly, this is one thing I wish I really did research, but he doesn't lean into the fact that uh, he, he doesn't. Conan and the Picts are separate things, and even in um, his other tales, there seems to be a separation. The fact that we've been talking about, whenever he's describing uh, Picts in any of the tales, really, they're always the sort of ones you described, um, like the historic Celt, in the sense that you're fighting without armor. Conan's not going to do that unless he has to. He's always going to armor up. That's true. So I, guess, I guess what I'm saying is I, I get the sort of uh, uh, strong resistance to Conan being a barbarian in that sense, mm-hmm. even though... Howard, in the Conan tales, goes through great lengths to sort of separate Conan from the civilized man and to show his sort of natural wild strength, almost to the point of painting him superhuman. Um, but it's, it's interesting to think of when you look at the grand scheme of Howard's texts, uh, Conan was less barbarian in the sense that we're discussing barbarians now than some of these other groups we're talking about, right? Because we're thinking yeah. about Mongols, we're thinking about Harkanians. If we're thinking about the Celts, we're thinking about, well, not so much in Conan, the Picts is where it gets confusing. <laughs> yeah, because they're clearly Native American-styled. Yeah, in the Conan tales, okay. that, that, that seems to really be what's going on. Howard wanted to write some frontier tales, and he did. Yeah. But, I mean, that's part of what I, anyways, I'm getting off the course. But <laughs> I, I just, I love the fact that he's just kind of, that guy was, you can tell he was a bit of a seat-of-the-pants writer, you know? He's yeah. like, whatever's going to fit. My current yeah, it makes thing I'm doing, I'll work. mold it out and make it work, while at the same time being a sort of mastermind world builder too, like with the High Boring Age essay. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we're still talking about him today, y'all. Right. On every episode. Mm-hmm. Much to uh, Alex's chagrin. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Alex has given up at this point. He's like, I'm wearing like a Hawaiian shirt now. <laughs> we'll just listen. You want to talk about Conan every episode? We'll do it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> uh, what I he is wearing a pseudo Hawaiian shirt. I am wearing a pseudo yeah. Hawaiian shirt. It looks it's, like a it looks like a nineteen ninety five Randy River throwback. I have an amazing uh, one that has tigers all over it too. Uh, I should have wore I should have wore that one. 
It's like a it's Ricky great. Trailer Park Boys. Uh, yeah, it's great. Shirt. I love it. <laughs> um, so when talking about the Celts, uh, the Romans also viewed them as ignorant. Um, I guess there were reports of them being terrified of an eclipse, um, where the Romans were not. Um, but my favorite one is that they drank undiluted wine, which is like a carryover from the Greeks, because the yeah. Greeks always drank like watered-down wine. Um, <laughs> if you didn't, you were barbarian. And since the Celts were drinking wine without water in it, they were just, they're awful people. <laughs> I feel like that right there encapsulates our draw toward the barbarian character. Yeah. Like, he's badass. He doesn't dilute his wine. I don't right. dilute my wine. Right. I do put ice in my white wine. And, and I think also, that's the, the funny thing about it, too, is that you kind of you kind of just nailed it. Like, the depiction takes all the quote-unquote cool things and, like, mixes it into one pile for, like, an RPG mm-hmm. or, or, like, that archetype, right? You're basically, yeah. like, those are all the things that we think are cool, and we're going to mix it all together, and we're going to call that barbarian. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're a crazy, insane warrior that'll just throw down any kind of drink, uh, yeah. completely berserk. And uh, he will, yeah, he will berserk, and the armor will come off. Yeah, he's okay. painted too, and he's getting a bonus from that paint. He's getting actually a defense bonus from the That's paint. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Or, or an intimidation bonus, or whatever. Right. <laughs> um. So the the Celts, like I said, I don't know. I knew nothing about them other than what I read in Howard and Burroughs. But uh, I also learned a lot about metal smithing. I don't know anything about sword making. I know there are a ton of sword and sorcery fans that are just like all about buying swords and knives, and I don't know anything about that. Um, but the Celts were evidently expert, uh, like metallurgists. Um, they created. They're called torques. They look like big old like like necklaces to me, um, and they're made of gold. But they're also gilded with mercury. And mercury inclusions don't occur naturally in gold, which meant they did it on purpose as, like, wow. an experiment. Mm-hmm. And then they made something pretty, and they kept doing it. So they knew enough about mixing and heating metals to mix these two things to make their jewelry, which I thought was super impressive and not necessarily something I would consider um, stereotypical barbarian. Um, I know that, like, Conan's dad is supposedly a blacksmith, but mm-hmm. being a blacksmith is different than making intricate, like, alchemical jewelry out of mercury and gold. Right, which, I mean, kind of brings us back to the whole point. I mean, well, that, and that's the other thing we learned is that we haven't brought this up yet, but the whole bar, bar, bar thing, right? Anyone who is speaking that is uh, perhaps from the hills and is not speaking my language, it all sounds bar, bar to me. Um, and so you end up just reducing the efforts of these others right and then throughout history you don't um, you you diminish these things you're not going to say oh yes these people whom I hate and you should fear uh, they were really good metallurgists you know you're going to try and erase those things right yeah which is partly why you know the, the connotations of the word barbarian or savage are a bit of a problem because you're essentially saying you suck <laughs> you're dumb yeah. and you have not learned anything when in fact throughout history we learn time and again just how um you know just how advanced know. exactly yeah the more you know the more you know winning uh wait knowing is half the battle Alex. knowing is half the battle the more you Extre- know extreme violence is the other half <laughs> red and blue lasers is the other half I saw that in a meme. <laughs> saw that in a meme. 
All right, barbarians, GI Joes. Let's let's work that angle. Let's work that angle. Shall we hop to uh, how? Shall we hop to Viking? There's probably a uh, like a barbarian GI Joe somewhere buried in there. Oh, I'm sure there is. Like everybody um, always had a job function. I did want to um, uh, kind of piggyback off something Matt said just now. Um, in that, so the Celts they had this uh, they had this metalworking. They really liked the metalworking because they had the resources, right? The Romans, they had an expansive empire. They have all this this access to uh, resources. A lot of technological development is dependent on the resources available. Um, I talk about this all the time in U.S. history. Um, the wheel, as a tool that we see and use every day, did not exist in the Americas because there's no beasts of burden strong enough to carry anything um, that would require a wheel. So they just didn't use it. We the Incas have wheels on toys, mm. uh, but they never used the wheel for transport just because the resource wasn't available. It's not any kind of reflection on like, oh, they were too dumb to use this wheel. They didn't figure that out. It's because they didn't need it. They had no reason to use it because how you would use it just didn't exist. Um, I think it's an, something that's missed a lot uh, when we talk about like technological differences like mm. people have lived for thousands of years without these things and they do just fine yeah i so mean it's, it's, not- it's necessity right i mean necessity is obviously the mother of invention somebody yeah. once said that um but like i mean right it, it should never i don't i i I'm, I met, well i guess i'm not surprised that people would use that as a uh a, a, a yardstick for intelligence uh, but it, it obviously shouldn't be. I mean, if you, especially like when it comes to like technology level leveling up type inventions, right? I don't think that that like it's going to be thought of like in one one or a couple of places, right? And then it's going to be used because it mm-hmm. needs to be used. I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, like I think it all stems from like well, maybe in my lifetime it stems from like you know those little comics in the newspapers. There's always a comic about a guy inventing the wheel. Like, it's the first invention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's yeah, what like made a... him intelligent. But right. in actuality, it's farming. Farming was the thing that boosted us. Right. And the wheel came much after. But right. Listen, yeah. if that happened now, there'd be all kinds of YouTube videos out there explaining why wheels don't work and why you don't need them and why it's just a bunch of BS from the <laughs> other side. Thanks for, thanks for bailing me out there, Logan. Yeah. I was, going, I was going in a dark place on that one. I didn't know what I was doing with that. <laughs> wheels, wheels are a hoax, is what I was saying. Wheels are a hoax. Um, I recently read a book called Babylon. Um, I can't pronounce the guy. That's what we're doing right now, hey? Yeah. Hey. hey. Babylon. It's a pun-heavy show, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't realize that the Mesopotamians invented the potter's wheel first and then made, like, the wheeled cart based off the design of the potter's wheel, at least as far as the archaeological record shows us. So it was more important for them to figure out a way to make better pots than it was to carry stuff in a cart. And then someone probably flipped it over on its side and was like, oh, hey, this rolls. We could probably carry stuff on yeah. this. And they did that. So... Well, I mean, didn't the uh, after the aliens <laughs> helped the 
Egyptians <laughs> create the pyramids, didn't they learn that you could move those giant bricks on like logs to kind of roll? Yeah. yeah. The aliens. The aliens. aliens. I the saw aliens that on History Channel too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's gotta be true. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so that brings us to Vikings. Now Vikings is where we um, Vikings are. All right, so movie uh, movie producer guy, we got the Vikings. <laughs> They're very hot right now. Every I'm, quit. I'm not doing it. So not, have you guys? The Vikings Norseman? are very Vikings are very hot right now. Uh, yeah, are. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, they're a little they're a little overly hot. I will say. They're, oh, they're been, two. They're the new zombies, man. Yeah, they've been. Um, yeah. Really, yeah, they've they've reached. I think they've surpassed zombie at this point. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, a lot of like scummy groups have kind of latched on to certain things and stolen it too. But yeah, I mean, you don't have still, a lot of people. You don't have a lot of like uh, social groups clinging to zombie. I guess. <laughs> no. <laughs> no one's talking about their uh, <laughs> the pride of their blood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in reference to uh, zombies, but yeah. And I mean, I, I you know. Vikings are. I get it. Like I know Logan doesn't get it as much, but no brain, brain, eat, brain eater, whatever. Like the historical <laughs> Vikings are way more interesting to me than pop culture Vikings. Um, but like, I don't know if I like if I search sword and sorcery stories, like for like in Amazon or whatever. I guarantee you, ninety percent of the covers would have some like vaguely Viking dude on it. I just don't care. Like. I'm with Alex. It's oversaturated. I'm over the Vikings. I don't yeah. care to be soft. I'm not gonna buy this Assassin's Creed. Uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm a little I'm a little like that too. Just because I mean I guess I'm just a, such a hipster at this point where it's like uh, I liked them before they were cool. You know, but, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we all but, did. But no, it is. I mean, it's just uh, that's yeah. what sword and sorcery is all about. Is we liked it before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the You're whole right. point. <laughs> no, but I, mean, I think that's part of like what a lot of nerds get hung up on too is just like being a nerd is about finding a special thing that you love and really loving it and not everyone else loves it right right yeah. so as soon as you take something and it's oversaturated the natural uh good nerd progression is to be like uh all right i'm sick of it now or you've taken the thing in like and you've ruined it which is kind of a stupid attitude however I fall into the trap all the time. Like I, Alex, you're still hammering on with Star Wars and like soldiering on with it. I can't do it anymore. And it's not because I don't think it's valuable. It's not because I won't watch it. It's not because I don't watch it. Yep. It's that I won't champion it anymore because it's just kind of dead to me. Right. Even though I could still, you know, I'm going to watch the Mandalorian season two and love it. Yeah. But there comes a time where in your nerd training, <laughs> you know, it's something becomes popular. We must, we must devour our young. <laughs> right, point, right. Yeah. It happened to Game of Thrones, and I mean, part part of the. I think we had this discussion a little bit um, last week, um, and it's not necess- It's not exclusively because the last season, uh, let's let me put this politely, did not stick the landing. I just think at a certain point, nerds turn on stuff. They do. It, it yeah. becomes so- too big. They get vicious, and they just start tearing it down, and you're not a true nerd if you still like it. Perhaps we are the barbarians. Out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my nerddom story. Uh, oh, I got him so good. I, 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 that was my best moment ever. 
I'm sweating. I'm going to pop this shirt in a second. You guys going to see me barbarian on camera. I'm sweaty, man. That was my finest moment. I can't open the doors. Too much wind coming in. Too much Canadian wind smelling of marijuana. That's a throwback before we start recording. Smoke coming in my window in the suburbs. This is Canada. Welcome. My uh, my nerd story, I guess, evolution really is uh, kind of opposite that. Um, I was working at a used bookstore when the TV show Game of Thrones came out, and then every every soccer mom on the planet came into the used bookstore trying to find Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I was like, I liked fantasy stuff before it was just a political thriller with swords, and I avoided it, and now I'm halfway through the first book, and I've kind of like opened up a little bit, and... Like, I see, I see value and interest and things in this. I also, as I told these two earlier, I slept through most of the show. Um, <laughs> so I, I, it's still kind of new to me. There's little glimmers that I remember, but uh, a lot of it's new to me. Yeah, well, listen, I, and this, sorry, I, uh, I'll just jump in with this for a second. Yeah. My fear, no, it's not even fear, because I don't care. But <laughs> on this same topic of, like, something becomes popular and you get sick of it and you don't like it anymore... Let's say, for example, uh, like, look, it's going to happen sooner or later. Conan's going to come back, right? Let's say Conan comes back uh, to television. And let's say it's popular, like, say, The Witcher, okay? Let's say it achieves that level, okay? And you have a song in there that's like, toss a coin to your Witcher, okay? I love that song. Right, but, but, there's going to, there's, I've seen people rage out on it online, right? They get upset yeah. about it. And maybe this wasn't people who are attached to The Witcher, but it's the same thing as Game of Thrones. The thing you love becomes popular, and then some people will turn on it. Maybe you do. If this happens with Conan, are we all going to, like, and say it's like a sensation. Like, people love it. Say it's as big as Vikings or as big as Game of Thrones, right? What are we going to do? I, I think there's What's going to happen to our podcast? No, I think there's some things you're so ingrained in. Well, firstly, first of all, we're going to blow up. We're going to go worldwide if... if if that, that ever happens, happens. yeah, <laughs> <Please> <laughs> happen. <laughs> we're gonna start like, getting paid. <laughs> we're gonna make some money. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's some things you just hold so dear that you wouldn't like. You wouldn't. You wouldn't devour that. Uh, but I do hope that the song would be um, "Punch a Camel with Your Conan." Maybe. <laughs> maybe we can do that. Yeah. But I mean, in a way, <laughs> I, I've actually, that song. I've somewhat gotten to the point in my own life where, like, I've. I've had my fill of Conan, and I need a break for a minute, you know? But, yeah, but it, I, doesn't, it doesn't appear that way on the podcast, I no. will say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good point. But if someone's asking me to write a scenario, I'm like, oh, God. Again. Again. You, you won't do it for money, but if, you, but if you're asked to do it for free, then, it, then you're all for it. That, yeah, that's yeah. the rule yeah exactly <laughs> i'm like that kid in matilda who was stealing the cake and then they make him eat the cake and he has had too much cake right but eventually yeah, yeah. eat the whole cake and i'm still victorious yeah. <laughs> 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 so, we were talking about vikings the vikings yeah one point <laughs> yep um so are vikings as barbarians they're like i think they're universally regarded as violent um and that wouldn't necessarily be a lie um, a lot of it evidently seems centered on raiding of Christian monasteries and churches, uh, which is where treasure was held at the time, because yep. they like gold, too. Um, some other things that I thought was super interesting, um, I guess Vikings practiced human sacrifice from time to time? Yeah, free will sacrifice, so like people volunteered for this stuff. 
Okay, see, I didn't know that. That's well, you know, you know where I learned that? Where? Heavy metal. I'm on, I'm on a Mars. They've got a song called "Free Will Sacrifice," and then I looked it up, and I think around the same time, um, I think it was the first season of Vikings. They depict that as well. Okay. Where okay. essentially people sort of are just like, "Yeah, it's my time. It'll be good." So your your belief is so strong that you're just because I think th- those guys go to Valhalla too. Yeah, right. That that sure, concept right. of Valhalla is so powerful. I don't understand why we're not still like why that isn't more popular. Well, mm-hmm. I think in some cultures, maybe maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is too. So, I'm pretty sure there's some soldiers out there who are yeah, you know, they're, they're rocking the Valhalla flag, which yeah. I understand. There's an attraction there for sure. You you fight well, and then you will go to that sort of paradise, right? Mm-hmm. So no, now since I, I came into this not knowing what you just said, mm-hmm. um, initially my thought was. Um, when we read sword and sorcery, human sacrifice is something that we usually associate with the civilized, not the barbarian. Mm. But now that you're telling me that they did it of their own free will and that was still like honored as like heroic or whatever, that still solidly fits in that idea of of the pop culture barbarian to me. Sure, and I think I think too though we got to put a, a footnote here in that more research is probably required. But I I think that they probably sacrificed their slaves, too, because they were yeah, slave-keeping. That's uh, fair. I'm quite not, that's but fair. not exclusively, right? I think it was some people just, um, some members of the society would just step up or they'd be chosen. Um, someone's going to blast us in the comments on this, and that's sure. good, because yeah. we'll all learn something. Well, yeah. according to Norsemen, they do sacrifice their slaves, yeah. which I know well, is a, a historical documentary um, <laughs> that, I've, that, I've, that I've cited many times in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan, you lost me when you said that um, human sacrifice is a civilized thing. So I guess I'm thinking of like, and now now I think about it, I'm not sure we actually see it from Conan's perspective, but Stygia, I think, is at least mentioned as practicing human sacrifice. Um, well, I mean, look at uh, look at the Romans in Gladiators, right? Sure, sure. Wasn't that, wasn't that totally a... Right. Did you I mean, mean it from a Howard point of view, or like what? Did, I, 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 you just kind of lost me on it. Like, did yeah, you, yeah, I, I meant from like a Howard point of view. Gotcha. Um, as like a sword and sorcery viewer, I would expect Stygia to have human sacrifices, but I would not expect Sumerians to have human sacrifices. Um, right. Although I could see the Picts probably having human sacrifices, but um, I could probably see the Nordheimers having it too, right? Yeah, that's the thing. We've got to. I mean, we are. <laughs> I think in many ways we're uh, waxing and waning between historic barbarians and the romanticized barbarians. Oh yeah, right. Because um, I mean, that's what Howard's ultimately presenting is a romanticized barbarian, and I think a lot of people <laughs> sometimes take it too goddamn seriously. Sure, definitely. In, in the sense that they would use it as a role model. This yeah. reminds me, I creeped on a, a Facebook conversation you had. Wait, wait, is it Jason Ray Carney? And, and yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually asked him if we could talk about this. I, before I, we started. I, I saw that right before we started recording. I was Brad. so. Yeah, that's a that's well, an interesting loop, point. Loop us in because what what's going on with that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll let Logan go for it, but I'll just kind of get it started with the idea that. Uh, and this is something I've seen um, around quite a lot lately. Um, I feel
feel a little bit like, do you remember back in the 90s when like the kids were looking for the Ninja Turtles in the sewers and tragically some of them perished? You guys remember that story at all? Jesus, no. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm just too young, but um, you know, it was a, it was an example of like sort of people's interest in fantasy went too far. They tried to live it, and then there was tragic consequences. And I don't know. I've just seen a few things uh, posted online lately that are really sort of using these uh, sword and sorcery heroes as role models, um, or just like the idea that you should go out and live sword and sorcery or take it all incredibly seriously and not not just enjoy the power fantasy right because it can be that you can just enjoy it and it's kind of fun you know like superheroes and stuff um but yeah i don't know i've just seen a few things written that have kind of chilled me a little because an actual human being said it um sure which i think maybe segues a little bit into what logan is saying yeah um so it was uh, two guys on Facebook, Jason Ray Carney, who is the editor of Whetstone Magazine. Yeah, and, yeah I, like, I like what's uh, going on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have a Discord uh, server, and it's got a lot of good conversation. There's at least one Chromecast guy on there, maybe two. Yeah, Josh um, from the Chromecast uh, messaged me and told me I should get on there. And Luke. Is there a Luke? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah they're both on there. Um, and then this guy, Chuck E. Clark, who I've seen comment on Sword and Sorcery-related stuff before. Um, but they were talking about Kane. Kane is a villain, or at least a very on-the-edge anti-hero, mm. right? Yeah. And then I believe that it was Chuck that said uh, Howard described Conan to Novalin Price as the damnedest bastard there ever was. Right. That that's not necessarily a um a a endorsement. I want to look up to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I don't want to be that guy, but here we sit, and there are there are people out there that do idolize that. And I never really thought about it before. Um, and and Chuck goes on to uh, compare that to Walter White, who yeah, yeah. Albuquerque. Um, yeah. Walter White is definitely idolized in Albuquerque. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. There. And he shouldn't be. That show. He's terrible. Um, yeah. uh, Jesse is the is the the sympathetic anchor to that show. He's the one with the arc that you're supposed to, as a human being, a reasonable human being, sympathize with. You're not supposed to like Walt. Right. Well, let me let me clarify. You are supposed to find him engaging and intriguing, and you want to see what he does next. But he's not heroic, and you should not lionize him. Right. Unless um, you're a corrupt moral. <laughs> person so um, he was not a hero sorry, that was, yeah that was jason that said that but chuck did compare it to rick sanchez from uh uh gosh what's that show everyone loves it's a cartoon um rick and morty yeah rick, rick and morty um you're not supposed to like rick but people people idolize rick well let's let's be clear and this is i just want to clarify what you're saying you're supposed to like that character in that you want to watch them and see what they do sure. next. They're attractive, right. they're charismatic. Entertainment. But, but they are not a role model. And that's what I kind of meant with, like, it is just, you, you have to, <laughs> this is where I worry about, like, with my four-year-old, too. It's like, you have to be able to separate uh, the idea of the things you think are cool in a, in a context and things that you should aspire to be. 
Right, but so, this is this is a age old, this is that's an age old thing, right? I mean, you could sure. take, I'm gonna even go with Star Wars, right? There's mm-hmm. characters in Star Wars. Who's the coolest character in Star Wars? Han Solo. Right? Okay. Yeah, right. Han Solo. Who's the coolest evil character in Star Wars? Darth Vader right. before the prequels, because then they ruined him by casting Hayden Christensen and ruining the entire mystique. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're right. Prequels, prequels are trash, right? But is he is he the is he the guy you want to be? You know, you know what I mean? Or should you be lion? You should not lionize him, as you say. I think I want to be the emperor, actually, and just get all dark and arch about things yeah. the entire time. Good. Ancient Sith technology. Cloning. <laughs> I'm getting prequel about it. I liked it when the Clone Wars was just like a mysterious idea, and then I didn't have to think they actually meant yeah, I, I love how you made it so much. Just Here, hold suck. on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me get this for you. Oh, look at you. you see, you see that? Lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's ready. He stands Busted ready. Busted up the old lightsaber. Um, shoot. Yeah, uh, but no, I, I actually just wanted to say, because they were talking about Kane, they're talking about Walter White, you're talking about Conan. In certain ways, we're getting into grimdark territory, and I know we've talked about this before, but the idea is that, like, as Grimdark Magazine would put it, evil is a matter of perspective, right? So the idea is you're drawn into these tales, you follow these protagonists, um, or these POV characters, and you want to read more about them. You like learning about them. You don't necessarily like them as a person. You don't like them according to their actions. Now, I would say Conan... And I've argued this countless times online where people are like, the PC SJW world will not accept Conan because he's too... And I'm like, no, that is such bull bleep. Because I see characters on Vikings and Game of Thrones who are not only doing wicked stuff, but they're lionized for it. They are elevated for it. They are put into scenes where you're supposed to be like, oh man, that character's cool. Conan is no worse than any of that. In fact, I would say he's yeah. he's not as bad. He's not as severe. I would agree. So I get I get immensely irritated when people hurl that around because I just, frankly, I find you <laughs> lacking. You're not you're not thinking it through, man. You're not you're not actually looking at the entire picture. You're just you're just spouting off about a thing that you heard someone else say. That, that there's some kind of victimization in art. You can't you can't do certain things now. Bullcrap. You can. I've seen HBO. <laughs> I've watched it. Okay. I've watched what is really popular, and it is it is morally bankrupt for some of it. Absolutely. So don't give me that. You can do it. All right. I've gone off on a tire. I, 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 cherish, I cherish those moments. I smell an article go off. Yeah. I can see the fire in your face. <laughs> I just uh, makes me so just, happy I just want people crazy. to be reasonable, and I feel like I'm reasonable. Maybe I'm dogmatic. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Uh, but so Vikings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. Um, so a lot of our descriptions of Vikings come from the Christians that were targeted by Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um. One of the articles uh, that uh, I'll actually put the link up in the description of this, um, it talks about how the Christians thought they were barbarians, but at the same time, the uh, Christian church massacred a bunch of Slavs because they wouldn't uh, convert to Christianity, and uh, that's really hypocritical. Um, So that's just more evidence that it's um, a we're better than you kind of, idea here right. um, 
Bar- like, barbarism they, is in the eye of the beholder, is what right. you're saying. Yeah. They were doing the same bloody stuff, but accusing the Vikings of doing it and saying it's bad. Meanwhile, they're no discovering else. America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which brings us to the point that the more often than not, Vikings were colonizers. Yeah. Um, they were trying to set up colonies for trade because they were extensive train traders. And uh, I guess it showed in their fashion. So, like, when we think of a Viking, there's obviously the, the, the horned hat that wasn't real. Um, and, like, Don't furs. Tell me that. Yeah. Listen, someday we're going <laughs> to discover. Someday it's going to be on Earth. They're going to find a huge battlefield. Viking helms, horns, everywhere. And then I'm going to laugh and say, you really wanted to be all snooty and say, oh, they didn't have horns and helmets. But they did. <laughs> so the horned helmet is actually real, just not Yeah, it was, it was ceremonial or something. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, and uh, it wasn't even really horns. It was like these protrusions, correct? Right, right, yeah. yeah I've seen that. That crushed my soul when I was much younger and I learned that. And I still don't believe <laughs> it because it's going to happen. All right, I'm going to keep doing this because we're on the Viking section, but in Norsemen, there's a, a running bit of uh, one one particular Viking who is very fashion conscious and makes <laughs> a lot of fashion choices, and helmets uh, come into the into play in that. Yeah, I think I, I think I will watch this show, Alex. I, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm liking this idea. It's just funny. <laughs> so, but Vikings were very, I guess, quote unquote, fashionable. They took a lot of pride in how they dressed, and they dressed it, in this. All one of these articles, it was described as an outlandish outfit, like mm. those comprised of all the like silks and golds and all the stuff they got from the Middle East or from conquered Christian churches, and like they just were blinged out. Well, um, and, and but this is kind of speaking to like perhaps the potential popularity now, right? With the whole beard culture, and you got to have your right beard oil, and you got to have those tattoos, and you got to get the the accessories, right? So it's like this metrosexual barbarian thing that's happening uh, in society. Am I wrong? Am I way off base, or do you see what I see? I don't I know. See that. Yeah, there's yeah, that guy on the YouTube talking, thing. talking no, about how my soap is bad. <laughs> he needs to calm down. Well, yeah, the, the beards are a big thing, but I, I mean, maybe I think you might be taking a little bit of a jump uh, in the uh, metro barbarian. I might be, I might be taking a bit of a jump. I'm just saying you can sort of uh, sex up the barbarian, uh, the the Viking thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you can sell it, and I have seen it. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah. Uh, they but wore what? lots of gold. Yeah, uh, yeah. evidently wore eyeliner. Yeah, uh, and which, actually, when when I was reading your research about that. That was actually, uh, that was kind of a moment for me, because it's something I, I see in all the fiction, right? They ham it up, yeah. they blacken the eyes. Right. I was like, is that accurate? Maybe if there were only some way I could look that up and find out for sure. But thanks, Logan. I'm glad yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I did think it was really cool. They filed lines into their teeth enamel. Mm, that did I didn't that? know. Yeah, and they, they like file it across their teeth and then paint the line red. Um, ostensibly because it would be like, look what this guy did to himself, just think about what he'll do to you, um, which yeah. is pretty pretty BA there, but uh, that was part of their fashion statement. Well, yeah, and intimidation doesn't have to mean, I'm going to kill you. Could also yeah. just You can just be impressive and people are intimidated, right? Yeah. yeah. That's how I go through my life. Um, I wonder what percentage actually did these things, though. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Now, well, that's, that's a, a good, very yeah. small percent of of this Viking population were like, and and all the rest of them looked at him and were like, "You guys are crazy! What are you doing to your teeth?" <laughs> right. So we only know these things based on the artifacts left behind, and then unreliable accounts from other people that saw it. Right. Right. So we're, obviously. We're... Sorry, because huh? a lot a lot of our uh, Viking records that aren't oral history are going to be Christian accounts, right? right? Yeah, which are going to be horrific. Exactly, yeah. they're going to be in yeah. the eye of the beholder, not not so, impartial, right? Yeah, right. Um, as far as the teeth, there is a full set of teeth that have the lines carved into them. Um, now um, we don't know how many people did it. Uh, because I'm sure there's only a few instances in the artifacts. We mm. obviously don't have the skeletons of every single Viking that ever lived, and we'll probably never have that, um, which is, like, same reason we'll never really understand how many dinosaurs there were, what exactly they looked like. It just doesn't exist. It, it won't ever be found. So archaeologists and historians just make best guesses based on what evidence we do have. Mm. Um which is kind of why, like, science appears to change all the time. History also appears to change all the time. It's just that we're learning a little bit more than we knew ten years ago. Yeah, similar disciplines in that you're seeking truth and will change your position based on new information. Correct. Yeah. Surely that's a good idea. Uh, <laughs> um, like, speaking <laughs> of changing your, changing your ideas, um, Viking women have had a lot of ideas about them changed. Mm. Um, initially, it was believed they were like, um, I guess what you would call, quote-unquote, classic uh, women positions in society, and they transitioned to warrior women, um, and it seems like maybe neither of those are true. Um, yeah, I've read, this, I've read yeah, varying yeah. articles. It almost seems like there's a desire... To really have it be true that uh, Viking women went out and fought alongside the men, um, I, I, I've read one that's that is speculating that they did, one that they didn't, and then another one that said, "Yeah, no, we're pretty sure now that they did." And then, yeah, you know what I mean? It's and like an ongoing discourse. Um, yeah, I get the want to believe it. Yeah, yeah. For that to be true, because, I mean, that's rad. <laughs> We're, yeah, here we are on a sword and sorcery podcast. Part, part of it, though, too, is that, like, Vikings is not a, like, a, a complete culture in itself, right? I mean, right. They, were, like, they were tribal. Like, I'm sure some tribes did, some tribes didn't. You know, when you're talking about the women thing, I'm sure they all had their own slightly different views about mm -hmm. things, because while they probably interacted somewhat, like, they probably looked at each other and was like, those guys are jerks, right? We're yeah, going to do yeah. our own thing. For sure. so, and I understand Viking uh, was originally a verb. Anyways, you would go yeah, Viking. It's like a you would go. You would go Vike. Yeah, yeah. you would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, man, we need footnotes. We're gonna get blasted in these comments when yeah, posting. It's gonna be awesome. Wait. No, they're gonna you... tell us we were right. I think. <laughs> Especially uh, about the Star Wars prequels being trash. Move past. <laughs> <laughs> what I found particularly interesting, I guess, because um, like. We've got to remember that way back in the day, people lived their lives believing magic was real and around them all the time. And there's been a lot of Viking women that were excavated and they were buried with these sticks that were initially interpreted as like roasting spits. Um, trying to like support the idea that they were meant for like, like women did all the cooking. But 
uh, it seems that it's more likely they were representations of magic wands, and that the Vikings there believed that the women could and would cast curses and spells on people. Hmm. Um, which I thought was super interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. They were yeah, I find like, a magic they, wand definitely cooler than a roasting spit. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm really trying to lean into this romanticized uh, barbarian bit, like, as much as I can. Those goddamn, yeah. those goddamn horns on the helmets are coming. <laughs> Gotta have the horns. Ready yourself. The excavation is coming. So, okay, so we've gone, uh, we've looked at the Celts, we've looked at the Vikings. Um, what do you have next on your list, the Mongols? Mongols. Mongols are last on our list of three. It's yeah. A very extensive, exhaustive list. Well, I mean, and again, we're we're kind of rooting it in what we've pulled out of sword and sorcery, right? Um, right. Where, where this word barbarian has been applied, and then you sort of throw it through the uh, various channels to come out as an RPG class. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I think, as far as looking at it through that lens, we're we're, we're on track. Um, and so, yeah, as I as as I mentioned earlier, uh, the notable places where I see. The Mongols in the romanticized fiction would be Gemmel and uh, Scott Baker. Um, so, Logan, what has your research gleaned on uh, the notorious Mongols, the ones that required the wall? Yeah, yeah, uh, that didn't the work. That, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Mongols were the most interesting to me because... Um, they're not European. Like I, I feel like I just read a lot of European fiction, mm. um, which is like it's the heart of fantasy, like modern fantasy. It's what everyone tries to do. So learning about the Mongols was new to me, and I really appreciated that. Um, but the one unifying thing is that the Mongols are viewed as exceedingly violent. Um, there is one account um, from I believe it was a. A Muslim town uh, where they wrote down that the Mongols killed men, women, children, and ripped unborn from wombs, which sounds really violent. But again, we have to remember <laughs> these are the people that are being attacked. They're trying to paint. Right. Uh, they're trying to paint the Mongols as worse than they probably were. I like how you mm. said it sounds really violent. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> it does I get your point. Your wording. I mean, is a little it's weird. about the most violent act I could yeah. ever imagine. Uh, right. Yeah, it's right. pretty point, bad. point taken, but your wording was weird. Yes, my wording was weird. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, we do know that Genghis Khan was a strong warrior who unified a bunch of different clans. Um, that's pretty barbarian. Um, as far as pop culture is concerned. Mm -hmm. um, unifying of the clans for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, you see that you see that in um, Zogor Sag, um, yeah, and it, yeah, right. I think it was also in the Gemmel book uh, Legend as well. Sure, yeah. and uh, Braveheart William Wallace unites the clans, and he's probably a barbarian in the eyes of the English. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Yep. So, I mean, they made they made an example of him. Yes, yes, they did. And, and actually, uh, before I forget this about the Mongols, because this point sort of jumped out at me. Um, you think about Conan the Barbarian in 1982, John Milius really wanted to make a Genghis Khan movie. Yeah, he did. And after you watch the, the John Milius documentary, you realize just how much he really wanted to do that. And in many ways, uh, Conan the Barbarian was 
not his version of a Genghis Khan movie, but those influences leaked in. Yeah. And you saw the aspects of, uh, you know, Mongols coming in there. Right. Um, and the fact that, you know, you pair that with the term barbarian. Howard's Conan was was not about the Genghis Khan piece, but Milius sort of, I think, uh, blended it a bit with what he wanted to do and took that angle of, quote-unquote, barbarian maybe, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, out of all the out of all the three cultures that I looked at here, this one had the most because they were also the most recent of the three. Um, as far as I understand it, um, my history might be a little off. There may have been a little overlap between Vikings and Mongols, but I believe they're the most, most recent. Um, and when I think about it, it's hard because Genghis Khan accomplished something huge. Uh, by by creating this vast empire. Uh, and so they go from, like, nomadic horse people to controlling this massive, expansive land, and I think they invent a ton of stuff that I just, looking at it from, like, a Howard perspective, I would not consider uh, a barbarian at all. Mm. Uh, they had organized capital. They had a structured system of laws. They had uh, they created canal systems for irrigation. They had a post office with horse riders that would deliver mail yeah. to villages that they conquered. It's not very barbarian, bro. No. That is not very barbarian at all. Uh, one thing I have to add, um, do you know who Genghis Khan's main primary military strategist was? Subutai. Subutai! Was he really? Yes, it was. I actually knew that. Yeah, I, 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 it, it was cool. funny. That was like a little uh, something inkling in my brain of a memory. So I had to Google that real quick with the yep. one in there. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. that's good. He uh, also has like he his his DNA basically runs through like some like tangible percentage of of the human population at this yes. point. Yeah, I heard that. That's one of those things where I didn't want to bring up because I did not look it up, and it strikes me as. You know, it really sounds like one of those. Is that really true? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. I'm not. That's why I didn't say a some, number. Someone's yeah. gonna tell us. Tell us in the comments. Eighty-five percent of everyone's <laughs> DNA is from <laughs> Genghis Khan. Definitely me. I mean, I'm Irish and German, and so I know for sure. I know for sure. Well, similarly, Alexander the Great's DNA shows up in the Middle East still, um, yep. because of his his whole empire thing. Eighty-five so, percent of everyone's 85. DNA is also Alexander the Great. So yeah, so mathematically, <laughs> this is why you come to the Rogues in the House <laughs> podcast. You get the, that's the, roughly hundred percent of your DNA. <laughs> you get someone yelling at you that you're that you're the wrong kind of nerd, and and you get told that historical vikings had horns in their helmets okay. i mean what do you want what do you want and the best part is that we can tell that alexander the great and genghis khan were hard because they were under 30 percent body fat ah i didn't know where you were going with hard i, know, I did not know what you were going there. there well it's because their dna is everywhere right that was my question is, is there a connection but yeah, there's definitely something to be said about body fat, and you gotta you gotta test your T levels often. The internet, I mean, listen, 
the the discourse, the sword and sorcery discourse on Facebook taught me that you got to test your T levels, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love it. That's still a fun. Um, did, yeah, did you also so know fun. that um, it, actually this is this is true? Fifty uh, percent of everyone's DNA is also Napoleon. So um, between true. those three. And if you if you basically just get everybody in a phone booth, it's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure right there. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Carry the one. Yeah. Let's do a math. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, don't, don't add it up, because it, 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 it'll be right. Yeah. <laughs> I got YouTube videos that can explain it anyways, dude. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's on YouTube. You can find it there. Just look yeah. it up. Yeah. So. You search, bro. Uh, Mongols. Uh, not as violent as proposed. Um, I hate to ruin anyone's day who was like, they're the most violent ever, because some people, like, feed off that stuff. Uh, but that baby-killing account was They would written, apologize. Yeah, it was a long time after the Mongol conquest, and was written by Muslims who hated the Mongols, um, oh. as rulers. Well. So they basically made up this, they kill babies. Well, I mean, you know. I mean... One of them might have at some point. Yeah, that, that's true. Well, that's um, yellow journalism. That's horrible. You can't write like that. You can't publish <laughs> things like that. Uh, so uh, Genghis Khan himself created propaganda to scare would be the would be conquered. Um, so much of the yeah point, yeah fifty thousand people from Samarkand surrendered before they even showed up. Yeah, the propaganda piece is very interesting. Yeah. Like, he wanted people to know that he was a bad dude, so he made up stuff to sink, so people thought he was a bad dude. Yeah, And I mean, they were like, he's too bad, we're done. Why fight and lose men when you can just put the fear in them, right? Yeah, and he or organized safe transport from a conquered city of the, uh, so the leader of the city refused to surrender, but let all of his men and all the citizens of the city leave safely. So basically, Genghis Khan allowed these people to like safely assimilate into the empire, and then they killed their leader, and it was fine. He didn't go around just murdering people because that's what he did, um, which I think is probably a better sign of a, a good ruler back in the day. Um, now hold on, let's not let's not get all Walter White on fair. Genghis Khan yeah, here, Logan. <laughs> No, but I mean, it's, 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 I mean, he was a fair and just man. You're just, you're just being a historian, right? Like you, you have to go through, learn, learn what you can about this and then unpack it in the most, uh, nonchalant way possible. (laughs) (laughs) Fact starved way imaginable. So this has been Rogues in the House, uh, only historical episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 don't expect more of this. We we're kind of scrambling for topics. <laughs> Listen, we're so charming, we can we can charm our way out of anything. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so I guess ultimately, I looking at it from a purely historical perspective, I don't see a ton with any of these three groups of people that really fit that uh, stereotype of, of of a barbarian that I would play in D&D and have played in D&D. Mm. There's yeah, aspects so. of it, um, but I would say the same thing about any other culture, too. There's aspects of that in there, so maybe 
That's just what it means to be human. Whoa. Mm. Whoa. Mm. I, I didn't know it was that kind of podcast. Wow. Yeah, now I have to, like... What am yeah, I... That's my conclusion. I just think that violence is part of being people, unfortunately. I don't think we're ever going to move past that. Um, and we might try and say other people are worse than us, but yeah. at the same time, we're probably doing things just as bad. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the theme is that barbarism is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. But then you've, I mean, that's the other part, right, is uh, I think historically that's that seems to be the truth, right? If we're looking at who, who is the, and I mean, in some ways it's like making somebody subhuman. That's your, you're trying to dehumanize them and make them the other and make them the enemy. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about it in a sword and sorcery context or a RPG context, we have to think that like, um, it's the romantic notion of a barbarian and what that means. And like the whole... <laughs> that's the other thing that's funny it's like there's certain quotes uh, from Conan stories that keep going around like barbarism is the ultimate state of mankind or the a civilized, civilized man is more discourteous than the savage and it's like those are great in the um, romanticized barbarian context I don't know that they're quotes to live your life by or to apply to <laughs> historical barbarians <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a friend of mine, like, we, he always brings this up. He's not a big Howard fan, but, like, he's in, uh, you know, he'll, he'll see in the Conan RPG group, and he'll see the memes posted about it, and he's like, God, if I see that quote one more time applied to someone <laughs> thinking, it's like, because it is, it becomes like a Walter White thing almost, right? It's like, I'm the one who knocks. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's... You know, it's it sounds cool, it's pithy, but uh, you know, don't live your life by it necessarily. Or maybe do. I don't know. Do it, I guess. No, you should live your life by it. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually. <laughs> just do it. I've turned a corner. <laughs> you're just better off doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, split skulls of people you disagree with. For it to be more courteous, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. No, you, no, and you're right. Yeah, you're right. But I guess I guess what it is is that like if you look at particular uh, examples in history, you're probably going to find a, a warlord who <laughs> ain't all about courtesy, and he right, right, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, anyways, it's that the one who was ripping, who was tearing the babies out of stomachs. Uh, <laughs> One dude. <laughs> Wait, what did we learn? Did we learn anything here? That that uh, is more civilized than the uh, the comments on Facebook, though. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, you get a blog post written about you. Yeah. yeah. This episode. The comment sections. That's where the barbarians lurk. Yeah. Right. The comment sections of anything, except for the rogues in the house page, which is all of you beautiful people. Well, and I would say 98% of the time, Conan Gaming Group is, is fantastic. Yeah, but... There there have been times, but it's a yeah. much larger group than ours. No, I know, but yeah. also I've <laughs> I've taken a strong hand in making sure that's that true. group is civil. Yeah, that's true. Um, because I just... I'm, I, I, there's got to be an oasis from the nonsense and the crazy. You're um, like a civilized warlord. Yeah. Well, and it's not even on me. It's just that I'm not. I, I am ultimately the one who's going to decide who's getting booted or whatever. But it's like if you're acting like a cartoon character who's, you know, is using every 
word in the Rolodex of toxic internet speech, then you're not staying. It's just stupid. So off with their heads. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we will tell them. Yeah, I will split their skulls. Is what I'm saying. I am more so um, barbarians, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I just I don't know. I feel like we can we can all just talk as human beings. That's cool. Yeah. Right. Perfectly yeah, fine with seeing the puke faces on the Marvel comics with the the Savage Avengers. Yes. I laugh every time, but I'm still gonna laugh at the smile at the Savage Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Well, but that's what I mean. That's that's the way to disagree. You can say yeah. it's I hate it. That's great. You don't have to you know call someone a you know. I'm not gonna go through it, but the best just... part about this show is your citations. I, I must say, in the show notes, you're gonna link those right for everybody. I will. I will link them. They can um, read and learn. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. It's not comprehensive. It's not. We didn't try link, and be comprehensive. Link way better articles. Yeah, please, please <laughs> yeah. then tell us how wrong we've been. The only way to learn from this podcast is to click the extra links because you. Because <laughs> Matt has spent most of the show explaining why you you shouldn't idolize Walter White and why Vikings actually had horns on their helmets. But you know that's a lot of like sword and sorcery in pop culture. What what are what are we seeing? What are we? How are we thinking about it? There's there's something to be said about that. Oh sure. Yeah. And I mean yeah I mean that's. Which maybe we'll, uh, we're, we're running on an hour 40 minutes, which is way past our usual comfort zone. But um, just before we leave, um, because we're always putting this in a pop cultural context, it's sort of the ethos of the show, uh, where are we seeing the quote-unquote barbarians in pop culture now? Whoa. Dang. Yeah, that's a, that's a left-field question. I wasn't ready for that one. Where well, are we I mean, seeing think, the barbarians in pop culture now? I think Vikings, obviously. Is, yeah, is Vikings. Big, yeah, big, yeah. Big, I look outside of that. Yeah. Game of Thrones isn't as big anymore, um, so uh, you don't see as much Dothraki. Um, I, I think, honestly, it's like any sort of fantasy is going to have, and I'll say that, I'm going to make a generalization. Any sort of fantasy worth its salt is going to have something that you would equate to a barbarian. Yeah. Right? Almost always. And, and I mean, even even if it means uh, playing with the convention and really leaning into the idea of barbarism is in the eye of the beholder, mm-hmm. right? I mean, actually, you're seeing. I feel like we're seeing a lot of that uh, more yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of ways, that's what Howard was doing originally. The idea that like most things in the Conan stories, the ultimate theme he's doing is barbarism versus civilization, and he goes through great lengths to kind of make you. Uh, respect Conan's actions over the others. In many ways, the quote-unquote civilized people are the villains in those stories, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say Joe Abercrombie is a good... I, I have read two of his books over the summer. Um, did you? What did you read? Um, I read the first law, or the very first one. Blade the itself. Blade itself. The, and then I read Red Country, which you I have skipped. You skipped way over. Red Country yeah, is Western. Is yeah, because it's Western. I, I freaking adored it. I did read some of the heroes, but it was an audio book on my trip to see my parents' farm. Yeah. And uh, I didn't finish it. So yeah. Heroes is the one I, I won't say struggled, but um, it was the one I liked the least. Okay, okay. Which isn't to say it wasn't awesome. Um, it's just it was very much military. Yeah. Yeah, not even, it was just... It's a war uh, very slow unpacking of of a extended sort of battle. 
Yeah. It went on for a while. But I mean, his whole strength is basically his characters are just awesome. Right. Pros. And I mean, yeah, especially in um, uh, The Blade itself and then Red Country because it, I don't want to spoil anything, but the main character, Logan Nine Fingers, is a northern barbarian and he's put up against um, a civilization or the idea of civilization that is just as bad, if not worse, than him. Mm-hmm. Um, not that any of them come off looking good in the end, um, mm-hmm. necessarily, but uh, yeah, Joe Abercrombie plays with that idea that it's in the eye of the beholder. I think a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, he's he's what you would you end up classifying as you know grimdark. Um, but he does a very good job of taking characters that are very much flawed, but are highly charismatic and, yeah. uh, you know, kind of, kind of messing with you a bit. Like these guys are capable of some wicked evil stuff. And, uh, but you still, it's not even, it's, I feel like it's less Walter White in the sense that like, <laughs> there's more good in some of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Whereas Walter White pretty much went full evil megalomaniac, right, by the end. Um, a little less Walter White, a little more Darth Vader. Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> Played Before by Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Before the prequels. <laughs> now, I'm going to take Jake Lloyd on that one, bro. <laughs> and Abercrombie has the benefit of just being absolutely hilarious. He is. Um, uh, there's some dark stuff in there, but he is so witty and sarcastic and sly. It makes you uh, sick. It makes you yeah. sick. He's so good at it. It feels so effortless that it pisses you off a little bit. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then the <laughs> audiobook version with that one narrator, I wish I knew his name. They're so flawless. Yeah, yeah. He's the voices. Older and, British guy. Yeah, yeah. He just nails every single line. It's stupid. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He's definitely still keeping the, that. Uh, he, he's got the barbarians in there for sure in that sense. And then you've got, like, of course, video games, um, Assassin's Creed's doing their thing. Yeah. Monolith is going to do mythic battles. Ragnarok, which is going to be more Viking, Norse god-oriented. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's still quite hot. Um, And, you know, we'll see what happens with Conan in the future. Like, he's not, you know, he's surviving mostly on uh, video games, RPGs, tabletop games. But, I mean, you know. Comics. Yeah, exactly. Comics throwing all those Avengers. things that totally ruin Howard's idea, and then uh, just just spoil it for everyone. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, that's a. I mean, feel like we've gone down that road before. <laughs> Whereas it's like it's okay to play in a sandbox and also have your whole other sacred sandbox as well. Sacred sandbox. That's it. That's the end of the show. Sacred yep. sandbox. Sacred Alex, sandbox. lead us out. I get too much of a hard switch on that one. <laughs> I, hold on, before we go, let's hear about Logan's parents' farm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, What's my my family, um, we have a farm in Kansas. It used to be my grand. Well, it was my grandma's childhood farm. Um, my great grandpa moved there in like the eighteen eighties, something like that. Like it's been around a long time. And my parents acquired it from some relatives as they grew older. Um, so I, I've been there before when I was little, um, but I went there recently to see my parents because um, they've been kind of living out in the middle of nowhere. 
to avoid the whole COVID thing. Sure. Um, it's a beautiful patch of land. Um, it's If you haven't been in the Midwest, like I understand why people think it's a flyover area. It's a lot of flat, a lot of rolling hills, a lot of corn. But there is, um, I want to say it's like a detailed beauty in, in the landscape. Um, you really have to enjoy the small things in an area that's so flat. So, like, you can sit on the porch and see fireflies, which I just don't get in, in New Mexico. Um, you know, the cicadas come out. Uh, foxes play in your yard at night. So, like, you got to wait for the little things to instead of, like, seeing the grand epic mountains outside my window all the time. Um, but I appreciate that. And then I guess we have a lot of family ties there. My grandma's one-room schoolhouse is just down around the corner about a mile. Of course, it's in ruins, and it was built in, like, 1819 or something stupid like that. Because barbarians uh, destroyed it? Uh, <laughs> I imagine everyone just left because no one lives there. I think the nearest town has 24 people in it. Um, uh, 85% of them with Genghis Khan's blood? <laughs> yes. That is I was trying part. to bring it back. I was trying to bring it trying to. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so we have a family farm. I'll inherit it one day um, if we don't go into Mad Max world. Very cool. Neat. Is it actively being used for like farming purposes? Yeah. Um, my parents. I'm fascinated um, by this, by the way. <laughs> they rent it out to a farmer nearby, so it's not like so we own the land, but he didn't have a ton of land, so uh, we rent out our land to him to farm, and that's how it produces money. Oh, cool. All right. Well, we should uh, we should wrap it up. Closing thoughts, real quick. Closing sentences, since this is going to be like a two-hour show here, on uh, on your barbarians. Go. I'll go last. Man, that's so tough. Um, by the power of Grayskull. Yeah, there, there's a sci-fi barbarian. <laughs> Crash the enemies. See them driven before you, and to hear a lamentation of the women. Classic. And may your swords always remain sharp. The riddle of steel.